Okay, um, my name is Teresa Locke. I go by Terry. I um, have spina bifida and also along with that, a, a club left foot. Spina bifida is what's called a neural tube defect. A neural tube defect can happen during the first month of pregnancy before most have any idea they might be pregnant. It happens when the tube that will eventually form a fetus's brain and spinal cord closes around day 28 of gestation. But in the case of spina bifida, it doesn't. People with spina bifida often have or develop other health challenges like club foot. So it was a a difficult childhood of just in and out of the hospital, you know, having, I've probably had maybe 12 surgeries on my foot to lengthen my heel cords, things like that. I tried so hard to be normal. I mean, because my club foot wasn't something that was so obvious, I limped a little, but it wasn't as obvious as you would think. And I hit it so much so that I, I didn't want anybody to address me as anything but normal. And so when someone would say something like, oh, you do really well for for what you have, it would make me so angry because it's like, I'm fine, I'm normal. But yes, being disabled, nothing like that. I didn't want any of that when I was growing up. You know, just treat me like a normal person. I just, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, I try to do everything that a normal person would do and, and have lived my life that way, almost to the detriment of myself because I do try to walk as far as anybody walks or try to do as much as, you know, or walk as fast and and I'll wind up hurting myself because I just can't. In the United States, annually, around 3,000 babies are born with a neural tube defect. Most of them have spina bifida or anencephaly, a fatal neural tube defect in which the brain and skull don't develop properly or at all. And the Hispanic population has the highest rate of neural tube defect-impacted pregnancies in the United States. Why is that? And is there something we could do about it? From Texas Public Radio, this is Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petrie. When Terry Locke was 28 years old, she was pretty sick and she was in a lot of pain. I had had a, a surgery on my club foot and in the course of, had a real bad um Alice on the ball of my foot that had gotten infected and it affected the bone and had gone into the bone. And the doctor had said, we, you may lose your leg. You know, we have to go in and see what the infection is. So anyway, they took care of it. That didn't happen. They got the infection under control, but they adjusted my foot to take some offloading off of the callus so that I could, so it would hopefully prevent the callus from getting too bad again. But when they did that, they must've pinched a nerve because when they adjusted the bones in my foot, it created a whole new set of chronic pain that I had never experienced before. Now, Terry was used to hurting after a childhood going from one surgery to the next, but this was next-level pain. So she went to a physical therapist for help. I don't even know why she looked at my back because it was a foot issue, but somehow she saw my back and she saw the spina bifida hole in my back And that's when she said, you know, so have you had anything done with your spina bifida? 
Spina what now? I'd never even heard the word spina bifida. And I said, the spina what? And she was shocked and she said, your spina bifida, you don't know that you have spina bifida? And I said, I don't. In that moment, Terry's whole life played out before her eyes from her pain-filled childhood to her shame about what she saw as her physical shortcomings from her bowel control issues to that hole in her back that turns out wasn't just a weird skin problem as she thought. For her whole life, her spine had been dangerously exposed. And the shocking, you know, discovery that this is... This explains all of my issues all these years. I never knew all of these problems related to a neural tube defect that was, you know, was so huge. I mean, this was like, this is serious, you know? This was back in the late 80s, no internet. So Terry went to the library and buried herself in books. She learned all about her condition and began to explore possible causes. She learned that neural tube defects are often associated with folate deficiency during pregnancy. Folate, it's a very important B vitamin, vitamin B9 to be specific. Back in the spring, I was awarded a fellowship by the Association of Healthcare Journalists at the Centers for Disease Control. And while there, I met Captain Jenny Williams, team lead for the Prevention and Health Disparities Team in the CDC's National Center on Birth Defects and Developmental Disabilities. Yes, that's a mouthful. Anyway, she's an expert on folate and pregnancy. Folate is your umbrella term for many different variations of vitamin B9. Naturally occurring folate is what you're going to find in, you know, your fruit and vegetables, that healthy diet. Unfortunately, natural occurring folate is very um, heat sensitive and light sensitive. So as soon as you um, cook that fruit or vegetable, then you're losing a lot of the natural of folate that, that, that can be found. So folic acid is a manufactured form of um, vitamin B9 that is stable to heat and light, so it's ideal to put in enriched, um, in enriched cereals, and it can survive the cooking process. William says it's difficult for a person to get the amount of folate that reduces the risk of neural tube defects from food alone. So the CDC and pretty much every other organization that offers guidance on health and nutrition recommend that those of childbearing age, whether or not they're planning a pregnancy, consume 400 micrograms of folic acid every day. They recommend supplements, and for the last 25 years, the Food and Drug Administration has also required that it be added to certain foods. So here in the United States, we mandatorily fortify wheat products and um, rice products that are labeled enriched. So anything that's labeled enriched will have folic acid um, included in, in that product. So your breakfast cereals and the bread you use to make your peanut butter sandwiches and the pasta you might have for dinner, all fortified with folic acid. And this has gotten more B9 into the diets of a lot of Americans. Bread, cereal, wheat flour, pasta, they're staples for a large portion of the population, but not 
all Americans start their day with Cheerios and end with spaghetti for dinner. When we uh, mandatorily fortified in 1998, corn masa flour was not included in those regulations. The corn masa flour is a um, culturally appropriate staple carbohydrate for many um, Hispanic and Latina women. Terry Locke is Latina and grew up eating all the delicious foods of her culture. We had enchiladas and chili. These were the staple foods in her home. We did a lot of tortillas, a lot of sopapillas. Healthy foods that have sustained countless generations of Latin American families. And they are made with corn masa flour, which is not included in the FDA mandate. Correct. So, you know, they are missing out on the opportunity to benefit from our current U.S mandatory fortification policies. Food fortification, or adding nutrients to foods, is widely hailed as one of the most successful public health interventions in U.S. history. Folic acid fortification alone is credited by the March of Dimes with preventing serious defects of the spine and brain for roughly 1,300 babies every year. Research cited by the CDC has found that the birth prevalence of NTDs has decreased by 35% in the United States since mandatory folic acid fortification began. But... Hispanic women, um, unfortunately, have the highest risk of having a neural tube defect-affected pregnancy, and that's for a variety of reasons. This population is uh, less likely to take supplements containing folic acid. They have risk factors like some genetic variations are found um, in the Hispanic population at higher rates than they are in uh, non-Hispanic whites or non-Hispanic blacks and they don't benefit from wheat flour fortification as much, especially those coming from countries that maize is their staple carbohydrate. Okay, so what do we do about it? Really, I think it would help so much to put fortification in foods that the Hispanic community eats more. That and much more when Petri Dish continues. Welcome back to Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petrie. After Terry Locke learned she had spina bifida, she went to a specialist who determined she also had tethered spine syndrome, which is common in those with spina bifida, and a slow-growing tumor, which her neurosurgeon said she should leave alone. He said, best that you can hope for is to stay the same. And you're doing fine. He says, you're getting along fine. You're walking fine. You're, you don't have a whole lot of pain, you know, other than in my foot. But he said, you're not, you're really doing well. I wouldn't mess with it. But because of this tumor, the doctor discouraged her from trying to have a baby. They felt like the, the pregnancy pressing on the tumor with it being right there on the spine and where the, where the baby would lay would would possibly give me pain that I could never get rid of. So they felt like it was taking a big chance on pressing on that spine and and causing more damage or just creating some chronic pain that I could never, you know, the pregnancy would create chronic pain that I could never get rid of. 
And so they just thought it would be better if I just didn't get, didn't get pregnant. That was just there, you know, just with all the physical things going on in there, you know, it just would be better not to upset the spine and cause and, and cause a problem. But I did anyway. <laughs> She did, yes. and um, But she knew that people with neural tube defects or who have family members with NTDs are at a much higher risk than the general population of having an NTD-affected pregnancy. I'd heard a lot about folic acid and that kind of thing, and so I was already really prepared. Took 4,000 micrograms of folic acid every single day and did that for months before I even thought about getting pregnant. People at greatest risk, like Terry, are advised to take that high dose, 4,000 micrograms of B9, and Terry was vigilant. She got pregnant and miscarried. She took a break, kept taking her supplements, and got pregnant again. This time, it stuck. Still... While folic acid reduces the risk of neural tube defects, it doesn't eliminate it. That first ultrasound was just so scary because I kept thinking I would never forgive myself if I passed this home to my daughter. I think that's why I waited until I was in my 40s to even attempt to have a child because I was so afraid of passing on, passing this on to her. And so I knew there wasn't a way to totally 100% prevent it, but I knew I had done everything that I could, you know, with eating well and the folic acid. And um, But that first ultrasound was just so scary because I thought, you know, what I'll do if I find out, you know, I will deal with it and it'll be fine. But I I just didn't want to have her deal with this or worse, you know, than than I did. Um, And then they they told me for sure she does not have spina bifida, she does not have a tube defect. Oh, man, it was just then I could enjoy the pregnancy because I thought I did it. <laughs> you know, I, I helped to prevent that, you know, and it just felt it just felt wonderful. Terry's daughter is now grown about the same age as my daughter. They're both in college, both of what doctors call childbearing age. Terry's daughter is at higher risk than mine of having an NTD-impacted pregnancy because of her family history, but no one is free from risk. And like I said, everyone, whether they're trying to have a baby or not, is advised to take 400 micrograms of folate a day. So are our kids taking their B vitamins without us standing over them every morning? Eh, probably not. It's hard to try to press someone who's so young. That's why I think that's why I think if if we could put folic acid in some of the foods that people eat, you know what I mean, and and do it that way, um, because young kids don't think about that. In 2016, the FDA agreed to let corn masa manufacturers fortify their flour with folic acid voluntarily in response to a petition from various health advocacy groups, including the March of Dimes and the American Academy of Pediatrics and, Captain Jenny Williams says, a huge masa producer, Gruma. You know, Gruma was really a driving force behind getting corn masa flour fortified here in the United States. You know, as a as a corporation, they were a, a big piece of that puzzle to get voluntary fortification done in the first place. And you will see their um, corn masa flour bags 
fortified on the shelves. Um, but again, I think the, the, the leverage point is really the retailers need to be requesting that the flowers that are going into their products be, uh, be fortified. Right, because even Gruma, who pushed so hard for the option, has been slow to fortify the rest of its corn masa products. Walmart, which also signed on to the petition, has also lacked follow-through on fortification. William says it's really unclear right now how much corn masa flour and how many masa-containing products in the United States contain folic acid, but it's not enough to her way of thinking. William sees it as another unacceptable health disparity. Hispanic women have the highest rates of, of NTDs. We know how to prevent these NTDs, but we need to be able to get that prevention to the people that need it the most. She says CDC is planning research in two markets with high populations of Hispanics from Mexico and Central America to determine which stores carry fortified corn masa flour products, the type of products available, and how much shelf space is allocated to them. All the while trying to get the word out that supplementing is essential. Ana, Sara, and Paula son muy diferentes. Pero las tres quieren ser madres algún día. Por eso toman ácido fólico como parte de su rutina diaria. That's a CDC public service announcement about the importance of supplementing with 400 micrograms of folate every day, even if you're not yet thinking about having a baby. Absolutely. Take a multivitamin, even just a multivitamin. If there's even a thought that you might get pregnant or that you, you know, it's just a possibility or it doesn't matter. Multi, multivitamins are good for you anyway. So just take a multivitamin every single day. And then if that accident occurs or something, something happens, at least, you know, you have a good amount of folic acid. And as far as masa goes, well, right now some is fortified, some isn't. Check the labels. They'll say if there is folic acid in the product and how much. So what does Terry think about corn masa fortification? It has been established that folic acid reduces the chance of neural tube defects. That's just been established. And so why not do it and and infuse it into whatever food, you know what I mean? Just do what we can do to, to try to prevent. If we prevent one child from having spina bifida, that's huge. There is some conversation out there about whether people with certain gene variants impacting folate metabolism should avoid foods that have been fortified with folic acid. Captain Williams says no. She said to me in a recent email, quote, Folic acid safety and its impact on various outcomes has been thoroughly reviewed and continues to be regularly reviewed by a large group of experts from around the world. She went on to say, based on the extensive body of high-quality studies available, these groups have come to the same conclusions. Folic acid fortification dosages are not associated with harms that outweigh the benefits. We will explore more about how humans metabolize folate and what that means for our health in a future episode of Petri Dish. Thank you so much, Terry Locke, for sharing your amazing story with us. And thank you, Captain Jenny Williams, for sharing your knowledge. 
This episode of Petri Dish was produced by TPR News Director Dan Katz, Jacob Rosati, and me. Jacob Rosati also composed all the music and created the sound design on this show. Special thanks for the efforts of Ja Chen and Yvette Benavides on this episode. Petri Dish is a production of Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.